Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Mitten Backstage, where I am joined by the wonderful Lauren Johnson. She's a great singer-songwriter, as well as a wonderful photographer to work with. If you've seen any of the photos that I've been posting on socials, or even for thumbnails related to this podcast, those were taken during a session with her last year. We talk about life, music, and of course, creating under very interesting circumstances. If you enjoyed any part of today's conversation and you are interested in supporting podcasts like this, you can head on over to patreon.com slash and show your support. There are different tiers that give you access to other podcasts, video, live streams, as well as the ability to use me for lessons consultations, or even studio recording. So thanks again, and let's get into today's episode with Lauren Johnson. attention to it it's like interview but it's more of a conversation anyway yeah yeah just for fun talking talking shop yeah things i like it yeah and you know i uh i'm at least setting a trend where at the front of it i can put in a little insert of like hey thanks for checking this out and then i can Welcome yeah. to the uh, Dutcher Snitaker podcast, 2020. Yeah. You, are, you are listening to, need like a catchy name. You should like uh, choose like a radio number, even though it's not on the radio, just so you can say it really smoothly. Like you're listening to Dutcher Snitaker here on 205. 65. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like with this one, it's, <clears throat> it's the, uh, you know, I picked, and I talked a little bit about this with when I had Caleb on, uh, Caleb Elzinga, he, he was curious about the name and because it's mitten backstage and I'm like, okay, I, I need to find <laughs> some, first of all, something that's not like <clears throat> being used. And then second, like, you know, something that speaks to like, it's Michigan, but it's not as formal as like something, a radio pod, like, yeah, something a radio mm-hmm. center would do and yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like it's backstage in the sense that you know, a lot of times we'd be having like, oh, we're playing the same show. It's like we'd be having similar conversations, conversations <laughs> backstage. No, I love it. I love what you're doing. You and Caleb have been like killing the TikTok game. I've been obsessed with the content you guys have been putting out. <laughs> like it's gotten to a point where it's like I feel like content creators, like they have to build trust with their audience. Cause like the minute you start just like posting nonsense, people will just kind of like learn to gloss over whatever you're, whatever you're posting. And you guys like have earned a place in my newsfeed <laughs> where whatever Dutcher and Caleb are doing, I'm going to stop what I am doing <laughs> and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> so awesome. it's been cool. I love it. Yes. You know, and, and seeing Caleb, what he's done in like, you know, a year and a half with his Instagram and yeah, you know, getting on TikTok, like he's really, you know, as much as he's, he's spoken to me about like, Oh, you know, it's like ups and downs. Like there's just this trend of like, he's putting things out and he's seeing reciprocation and then he's able to build on that, which is, you gotta, you gotta like, find your voice on the internet. And it's so, I was thinking about that today. Like, I don't know 
what to do with Instagram or fa- like Facebook just feels dead to me because like if you're not paying for posts, no one will see it no matter how many followers you have. So I just, it's like not useless, but it is. And then Instagram is like kind of the same way now. So you have to like, just keep putting stuff out there and seeing what works. And like <clears throat> it really inspires me just to watch you guys just be consistent and on it and just like, boom, 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 let's go. Like that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it's a it, lot it ha- to make stuff. Yeah. And it, and you know, I, I've come to a point cause you know, I, I also try to do all the socials for earth radio and yeah, it's like your machine, dude, you're always <laughs> going. It's like, go. um, well, it, you know, and part of it was like, I wanted to get in a rhythm of like, you know, figuring out a reaction to social media. That's not, not as toxic as it can be with like, you know, not everything's a postable moment. Not, you don't have to have your phone out all the time. Like the people who, the people who do that, they might have more to work with, but you know, it it could range from like, okay, it's a Gary V who's just always talking about something and his team just captures it. And, or it's like, he's always just like this. Uh, yeah do this do that you gotta be happy but you gotta optimize you gotta be happy don't sleep but also make sure you're getting your sleep yeah you can't you gotta hustle your car yeah you sell your car start a business from your from your garage go like what doing what what do i do i love gary v i love love, uh tim dylan had a a great video about um about Gary V where he's he's like playing clips of Gary V giving advice and some of it's like you know he's like you could say it or you could do it but I highly suggest that you do both and Tim's like I'll do it I'll I'll do it what do you want me to do what are we doing (laughs) just tell me what we're doing Gary (laughs) I love Gary V so much like every time one of my like Hustle 24-7 friends like sends me a Gary V video. Again, content creator that's earned my trust. I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and watch it. And for nothing else, like he's just a little like critter, you know? Like every time yeah. it's in, like a vlog or like an interview or a podcast, he's always like like he sits down and he's like shifty and he he's like, oh yep, yep, what are you doing? What are you doing? Huh? All right, let's back that up. Anyway, so <laughs> just like are you like this like like when you get home when you get home to your wife and your kids are you like hey hey junior show me that report card what'd you get what'd you get uh, are you doing it are you doing it or are you saying it are you saying it <laughs> honey or what's do for it? dinner did you make like <laughs> is he just like that all the time I yeah yeah because it's such a it's such a mode to be in especially like you know having a company that's known or, or like having a having a company that works with other companies and the, there's a very real like okay he works with this company and you can see how he's boosted their their social media or their brand or whatever and then yeah. he's also being like oh what if we made a side company that works with this thing and try it out for eight months and you're like mm-hmm. what <laughs> i don't have time to <laughs> like that he's sounds like, like a lot <laughs> yeah and he just to be on like the forefront of any everything and like the risk taking there's there's a lot of advice that Gary V gives where I'm just like that's out of my comfort zone and always will be (laughs) (laughs) you know 
But yeah. I remember once he was saying something about content creators, actually. This was really recently, and it's kind of changed the way that I've been approaching how I do things, kind of. Because I never know what to do with Instagram. I'm not consistent yet. Like, I... I don't know what I'm doing. And I, a lot of photographers, you know, if you're on Instagram as a photographer, they really, a lot of the big ones have these beautiful, consistent feeds with consistent coloring. And it looks like, it looks like an online photo book. Honestly, it's beautiful. And they post something every day that blends in seamlessly with their feed. Cause that's the first thing people see, you know, when they follow you, whether when they're looking at your page, it's like, what's your vibe? What's boom, first impression. And my feed has always been a mess. I feel like I change my vibe like every two weeks since I started like 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, well now I edit this way. Well, now I'm into this. And it's just like a mess. And I've always felt kind of weird about that. Like I'm never going to be one of the real out there photographers. Like I'm never going to be organized and consistent. And I watched this Gary V TikTok or whatever. And he was just like, don't, don't treat Instagram like your little gallery. Okay. It's not a gallery. You just need to get it out. Go. And he just like shredded into it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Put stuff out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And that's kind of the place I got to, you know, like I got the office at third coast recording company in like October. And, you know, part of the goal with that is to like, it, you know, between having that and doing some, again, more social media stuff for them and also, you know, session work and stuff um, is to be able to like, you know, make money off of having the office there, whether it's creating stuff, you know, through the Patreon or, you know, making any, making things to where every month I'm doing something that pays for the, at least the office rent. And then it feels more like just having a, like having a space that I can like, you know, with the gear that I have, that's in there, that's all mine. Like, okay. It's keyboards. It's synths. It's like stuff that I can record with, but then like I walk around the corner and there's the storage room with like, you know, thousands of dollars in miking equipment and a whole control room. And like, I, right before Christmas uh, on Wednesday, or I guess, yeah christmas eve eve (laughs) um i got my first lesson on uh routing with the ssl board and and how like studio a is set up and it's it's super cool because it's like it it parallels kind of how i would think about doing sound at founders where you get used to the layout of the stage and then you see a band's stage plot and you're like, all right, if we're putting them over here, this box with these channels, like we'll plug stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, third coast is just such a beautiful, well put together space. I remember when I was working there and recording there, like every time I saw Bill, the owner, he was just like, always just like sitting on the floor surrounded by wires like routing something doing something putting something here like gotta get this section all up and running and like just labor of love like I've never met anyone more passionate about what he's doing than Bill yeah and he's you know he's I'm eventually gonna have him on this podcast because there's so many like there's little tidbits that I learn about like, Oh, he's done some like teaching and like, was it at a collegiate level? Like, was it for a company? Like, cause yeah, the way he's he, like 
Yeah, interview him. Because he'll just like <laughs> drop random amazing stories like oh yeah i remember when i was on the road with tom petty and the heartbreakers and they were doing this and then like oh yeah like when i was doing sound for paul mccartney it's just like <laughs> like <what>? wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like he's always you know the, the recent project he did um there's a bunch of like like a bunch of rack gear that's all like kind of a mix of different generations of like you know effects processing and like uh you know different preamps and and um the the rack that dave palmer built the first time for the control room he built the second one and bill was like pretty much that as soon as he got it he like painted it and the next day he mounted all the pretty much everything that was just sitting on the shelves is now like it's routable in the studio i'm like that's happened so fast Mm -hmm. i was expecting like oh yeah you know in a couple weeks this will be up and ready it's like nope like three days later (laughs) pros are pros yeah yeah it's pretty incredible it's pretty incredible what they're doing over there but that's awesome i'm so glad that like you have a space there and it's still a little like hub because i just can't wait until we're all vaccinated and we can all hang out there again and like put on events. Cause that, that was where I was going to have my release party. Oh yeah. In the morning, like way back in March, <laughs> the week after everything shut down. <laughs> yeah. I was going to have a party there and it was going to be so fitting. Cause like, I basically like kind of grew up in that studio, you know, <laughs> helping out and doing walk way back in the walk, the beat days. You remember that? Yeah, I there's via email. Oh yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, crazy. Oh, yep. That's well and you know there's like it's funny cuz you know the always being in the studio it's felt like oh yeah, I've been here a while, but there's also times where I'm like, oh yeah, I did meet like this person through this or like you know I remember doing when walk the beat was doing like a podcast and I was interviewed by Dave Palmer and then Elijah Russ. And that was the first time I had met Elijah and I didn't connect it right away when I guess he had also had a haircut, but like, I didn't connect it when I started like seeing him more around Grand Rapids and I was like, Oh yeah, I know. Healing it right now. Like (laughs) his videos, like, I'm just blown away by that. Yeah. He did like, I, I listened to the, um, or I guess I reviewed it for local spins, his, his, um, collective release. And in doing that, I saw like, Oh yeah, he's got like this video series with like this kind of setup. And then he's got a different vibe for this thing. It, It was all like, you know, it's, it's those little attention to, to detail of like presenting your songs and a having the opportunity yeah. like oh we could do it a slightly different way and then that way we have a new video and a new song that can also yeah. be yeah it's it was great it's, it's like true musicianship you know because i i think a lot of people i i can't speak for a lot of people but i think that maybe it's easy to think people just do one thing like i'm a dj or I play rock and roll, or I play this style guitar, but I, I feel like true musicianship is when you can 
like weave in between everything and just like now I'm playing in a bluegrass band like now I'm backing up this person like now I'm you know playing lead guitar for this or making a beat for that it's just like the appreciation and understanding of all different forms of music and that's what I really see a lot of people doing like you were just saying with Elijah like he mixes it up for everything he does and he like serves the style of the song he's playing you know it's yeah cool. you know when you work it backwards like looking back like oh yeah I met this person here like Elijah and I went to high school together and we both Whoa. worked at the Morning Star Cafe when we were teenagers wow yeah that is a throwback <laughs> isn't that insane like thinking like I remember like oh it's just so wild to think that far back and like yeah it's amazing yeah and you know I I kind of missed the boat with um, this other creator who every time I see something she puts up, I'm like, man, she's like, she just does things and it doesn't matter what it like. Cause she, uh, her name's Sarah Longfield and she, she's like, no, she's like, I think she's East coast, but maybe Hmm. not. I don't know. The internet. (laughs) We have no idea where, where Sarah lives, but she's on the she, internet. That's a cool thing. She's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because I I first found out about her about uh, uh, like years ago, getting into like certain, um, you know, aspects of the the metal music scene, especially in like high school, and and she had a band called The Fine Constant that was kind of like a, you know, like a like a prog metal group but like just kind of a different vibe and flavor a little bit more technical and she you know she's put out stuff as a a metal musician um under her name she's you know got uh a guitar line with ola strandberg this like luthier um and she you know it's the first crushing yeah she's got a guitar line that she designed like she painted the 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 pick guard that is on all of the like she made the design and but every time equivalent of having like your own perfume or scent you know yeah (laughs) that's 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 amazing that's like the ultimate thing yeah because she like you know i'll see her post and it'll be like oh they're like there's her dog and it's cute and funny and then like the next thing will be like yeah my backpack broke so i learned how to make a backpack i'm like how what okay so she's one of those people yeah like yeah okay i love that i love that you're gonna have to give me your handle when we when we get off the call because i'm interested i love when people are just like oh yeah this happened so now i'm now i'm really good at this obscure skill i whatever yeah she's like into like modular synth racks now and has like you know like a decent synth rack and i'm like i i i had hit her up like you know very nonchalant like she posted a status like hey what you know this year is kind of crazy but i still want to collaborate with people and i was like i'll do something not realizing that i'd you know august would be insanely busy and that apparently she was like moving during that time too so oh wow it hasn't happened yet but i you know fingers crossed i can do something um but it's gonna be such a better year 2021 is going to be 
such a better year for everyone. There will be collaborations. There's going to be moving and shaking and better energy. I I bet you guys do it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I've said this, I feel like I've said this a lot with people I've talked with, like the, the more, like, even if you felt like, Oh, I didn't put out, you know, I didn't put out my record this year. I didn't put out my thing or I didn't play as many shows as I thought, like, or no shows at all. Yeah. Or no (laughs) shows at all. Like there there's, you know, everyone's done at least one or two things that is going to build and like, Oh, I learned how to stream with audio from my instrument like that's a huge door opening to being able to like you know if if something if if something comes up where they're like hey we're in different cities and i don't really have the money to fly out to you like let's collab and then it's yeah you know how to track yourself like it's yeah great <laughs> that's actually been huge i so i have a single coming out next month actually and I'm really excited about it. It's like a totally different thing than I've been doing. I feel like with Into the Morning, my last EP, it was kind of like my last hurrah with singer-songwriter stuff, you know? It was yeah. kind of like, oh, like, I just have had these songs. They feel like they all live together. I want to try to put together a band. Like, I think I'm ready to really do this in an organized way. Like, let's practice. Let's see how I manage putting an EP together and having d- different friends on it and stuff. And I did that with Joe Hedinga at Third Coast. And oh, yeah. so that's kind of like, I never got to tour it like we wanted to, but it was kind of like my, okay, this is very folky. This is very singer songwriter. Cool. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm going to work on like what I really like and like the dark and creepy and big fat bass drops and like <laughs> spooky sounds and uh, so I have this single coming out next month called Patterns, and we started it this time last year at wow. the studio, and it just sat there forever because we were like, we're working on other stuff, whatever. And when COVID hit, and you know, everyone's trying to figure out what's what, Joe Hedinga actually figured out a way to produce and mix from his home. Mm-hmm. And he streams everything through Zoom so I can see everything he's doing on the screen and everything feeds through my interface and I can hear like all the playback in perfect time. Like I can record things here if I need to. Like, and we can literally work as if we're in a studio. I mean, obviously you're not getting the same sound that you get. So it's just little things. But right. like we were able to finish the song through Zoom, <laughs> which is like, just like what? what? <laughs> yeah, that's like... <laughs> We, I wasn't part of the sessions, but I, I know that Justin, Hannah, and sometimes Madison, um, he might've been on more calls than I thought, but when third coast had to shut down, Kevin like grabbed some of the important gear that he could just use with his computer at home. And they did a similar thing where, yeah, like through zoom, they could see everything. He could share the screen and they, you know, yeah. Same thing too. Like everyone's got you know no not everyone had like oh i have this high quality interface that like is very transparent it's just like i got a thing with headphones like that's it works, good though. enough <laughs> you know when it works it works you got to do what you can with what you have and yeah I don't know, okay so and and all this like new maybe they're not new maybe they've been around forever but the apps that are becoming really popular to help people create while we can't be together are amazing. Like Joe showed me this video called Bounce Boss. Have you ever heard of it? Or not a video, a website. 
bounce boss no yeah you have to like get a subscription but basically it's where like somebody like joe who's producing and mixing can upload a mix of the track like when we were going through all the mixes of patterns and you can literally like make notes on certain sections in real time so like me and three other people were able to just make notes in real time on everything while joe was mixing and you can like uh. see like oh from 206 to 208 like bring this down here like i think i'm coming in a little hot here can we like add reverb here and it, you can literally like color code it it all goes into a chat box it's all separated by mix so you can like compare mixes whoa like <laughs> it's like a google docs for audio <laughs> yeah that's it, sweet <laughs> and it's like that's it's like there's there's so much merit and obviously when we can all be together again it's so good to just be in the same room you can't replace that human to human contact face-to-face -face, body language you know but right. honestly I don't think I'm ever gonna not do that whole google doc style thing because just the way you're able to relay the information quickly you know it's yeah and it gives amazing. you like it gives you the flexibility too of like I, I think that's one thing people don't realize in the moment uh, maybe now that months have happened where people are, are used to like, Oh, online this, or I don't have to go into physical work as much, but like, you know, I, I remember chatting with someone about like, what is a business? Like what is a business's incentive to have large commercial workspaces? If they've figured out a way to like, not only like have people work from home, but to get results of like, Oh, this is how much time they put in. Or like, this is what got done while this person was at home four out of the seven days a week or however many days yeah. they work. Like, That's a big conversation right now in the corporate world. Like, why are we <laughs> paying a million dollars in rent for this office building when we could just not? And productivity isn't any different. Yeah. Like, I, I thought about that with um, when I first got the office, it was around the time uh, um. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Baldus. He had moved into an office that I had previously shared, but I have um, Kevin's old office because he oh, took, right took Scotty's. And oh, really? Um, oh, so you guys all just like rotated then? Yeah, it was just one big like whoop. And <laughs> and uh, well, and Jeff works for C three, so they yeah. they were having like the same discussion of like we have this big space that we do meetings in but we don't really need it because we're only going to be meeting a couple times a month and yeah. you know it's jeff's office and there's a table in the corner for when five people need to show up <laughs> yeah i i think we're really getting starting to see the dawn of work smarter not harder in a real way you mm -hmm. know because i mean i mean there is so much merit to being around other people and like zoom calls just don't cut it a lot of the time you know like when i'm teaching lessons via zoom like I'm putting in a lot of extra time now to make recap videos and recap PDFs for my students because there's things I just like can't show them when I'm yep. not with them or, you know, even like us talking right here, you know, or mixing and whatever, but work smarter, not harder. Like, no, there are meetings that can just be covered in an email or you can just hop online without driving, you know, and that saves so much time. And I think, I don't know about you, but I've really learned to rest this year. <laughs> more than I ever have it's been forced on me and I've hated every minute of it but I'm kind of like oh 
I, you need, you need to stop. Sometimes you need to just like condense things sometimes. Like it's okay to not be at 120% all the time. And your work is going to be better if you're not like always just everything needs to be a to-do. So. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely wrestled with that this year because of how breakneck speed music school feels like <laughs> where every, yeah. every day is like a thing you need to do or a rehearsal you need to attend or a concert you need to see or play in or a thing. you It's like every, everything gets thrown at you for, yeah. for me, it was like six years. And then out of that environment yeah it's like out of that environment you're like wait a minute I have like four hours until I need to do something like what do I do to fill that time do I need to fill that time like what am I missing what am I forgetting what have I not turned in like what do I owe somebody who do I need to email yeah (laughs) there was this tweet that I shared a while ago and it was like what did you do this weekend oh nothing Oh, so you relaxed? Somehow also no. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not getting any work done and I feel bad about it, but I'm also not relaxing because I feel bad about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, it's like you can't wait. And and I feel like in the last month, I've, especially having the office where it's like, I can go to it, I can, I don't have to stay super late, but I can because I know how to lock up the building. Yeah, that's super nice to have a space that's designated, like outside yeah. of the home, you know? Yeah, because then it's like I I treat, there's still things I can do that are like semi-productive here, but I also treat, you know, my room as like, okay, it's, let, let's, let's get it to a point where I come into it and I immediately can like just unwind rather than like have another to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, like, you know, we were just talking about how why would anybody pay rent for spaces, like mm-hmm. big spaces like that, if you don't need them, but there is still always going to be so much merit to being able to separate, like your sleep and relax place from your workplace. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, I've, I've been working really hard on the office in here and trying to get things out of my kitchen and out of my bedroom, because I don't want to be like, what do I, what, what do I need to work on? This is a stress, like you zone things out in your brain. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's much easier to like, well, easier, I guess, once you get the ball rolling, but like to get, <laughs> to get, uh, cause I've always wrestled with that. Like what, what, where do I work best on what things and where do I like, you know, what do I need to adjust to make a thing be better for work in you know, a working environment? And I like, I like with the office, it's like, I, you know, I have a lot of layers to keeping people from just stumbling into view (laughs) or like coming up to my door. It's like, you know, the back office has a door, multiple doors. You can't get into it. Codes. Yeah. Like it's just, so I, I can have that peace of mind knowing like, okay, if I need to step out of my office, grab something from the equipment room while they're tracking. I'm not going to mess up what they're doing in A and I can still, you know, get a microphone or something. <laughs> no, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice. I, I, this sounds a little like airy fairy, but it's true. It's, it's good to have like sacred spaces, 
right? Like this is my sacred workspace. Like it's closed off. Like there is like, no, my clothes aren't in here. Like food isn't in here. This is a workspace. And then when I go into my bedroom, you know, I don't want electronics in there. I don't want like work in the bedroom. When you go into your bedroom, it should be like, okay, this is the relaxed space. So you should be able to create like these little sacred spaces. So like when you go into the studio, like this is a place where I can be uninterrupted and I can get what I need. And then when you're in your bedroom, I mean, there are certain things that you can do at home that are better, but it's, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying about that. Yeah. And I almost, I almost feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about like, what is the next step for my living space where I still, you know, I still want to have some element of work, but just not as like, cause literally it's like, this is my bed. <laughs> it's like right here. And okay. then the wall is like, yeah. <laughs> if you stick my arm out with maybe another like half a foot, the wall of my bedroom is also there. So it's like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I it's like a, just, just this cubby of like, Oh, there's like, you know, shelving for video games. There's posters all over the wall. There's like stuff to relax with, but there's also like, like desk and okay sleep but i don't want to turn it into like okay get up and go two feet and then i'm get up and grind yeah (laughs) just go for it you should you should you know those like super elaborate what i don't know what you call them but it's like the little dollies where like you flip one switch and then a ball will roll and it'll like set off a domino chain and then it'll come like a little obstacle course that like eventually all leads to like a coffee maker getting turned on right next to your bed at a certain time so you just like roll out of bed with your coffee into your desk and that's just <laughs> the start of the day yeah uh one of the uh rube goldberg machines is that what they're called like yeah it, in like movies, you know what i'm talking about where it'll be like yeah you like you you hit one thing and it does a chain reaction of events like that's always yeah, all just, like way more complicated than it ever needs to be like you could do the same thing you could literally just have like a coffee machine timed by your bed but (laughs) what i think you should do is set up an obstacle course with like 130 dominoes and legos and like things that twist and just just make it fun yeah just (laughs) because that's that's what your room needs i think it needs yeah it needs relax it needs a giant up yeah giant series of machines and (laughs) sacred spaces you know yeah. So. Well, and, and I, and that's part, partly why I was like, you know, if I, it, you know, it, like having the office, but then also having this, like this little in the back of my head, like, Ooh, a tiny house could be like this cool way of like, it's a mobile habitat and I can like take it with me for like, if I'm on the road or if I'm doing something. You would crush it. I want to <laughs> just, I want to see your Instagram just be you in like unreasonably <laughs> gorgeous locations in your tiny home. Get a small little rat dog and just make that your life. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Cause it will, cause before it was like, you know, I like, I wanted like at the start of quarantine, I was like, all right, I got to turn my ho- my house into this, you know, space to make things. And then as I'm bringing in little bits of gear, I'm noticing like, okay, there's, 
this house isn't treated for sound. It's built as like cheaply as possible to be a house. <laughs> so the walls are thin. Yeah, it's like there's no, there's nothing in the in the you know I can't isolate what I'm doing. Like my roommates aren't here right now because they're doing holiday stuff, but or they might be working. But like to have nothing that's like isolating it it doesn't let me be able to like oh, i'm gonna turn things on and start doing stuff at whatever time works for my schedule because i have yeah. other people in the house oh and dude, then, I hear that. yeah <laughs> and then get in the office it's like okay now i don't need to have you know a bunch of gear at my house like that's all in a space that's that it's totally Designated. perfect for yeah yeah that's awesome so to have that's like neat a tiny home that there wouldn't be an issue of like, like I could bring a, you know, if I needed some kind of keyboard, I could get a MIDI controller. That's lighter. I have Keyscape. I can yeah. work with that. And if I need anything more, that's, you know, I can figure that out, but I don't need it all the time in a space that's supposed to be set up for like, all right, what if you like, you know, maximize the efficiency of a space. <laughs> Yeah, made it cozy. Cool, because I feel like the whole, the whole like vibe behind tiny homes and van life is like, yeah, it's where I sleep and it's where I rest. But like the lifestyle is different now. Yep. You know, so this is also like it. It almost makes sense that this is where you work, eat, play, live, because that's like the purpose of going that small. There's like a, a very keen, uh, what do you call it, intention behind the whole thing. Yeah, because they're, you know, I've, I, being into like, you know, like video game, car, starting it back in a car collecting, like just the nerdy things that you accumulate on the, on the road to being like, I like this shiny thing. What if I had a shiny thing like that? What if um, I had 500 of these? Yeah. <laughs> and we've been fixated on this for the next two years. Yes, I completely understand. <laughs> Well, and, you know, there's this guy, he's an Australian man uh, that seems to, his whole family seems to be into this thing, this obsession project he does, where he's, you know, for the last 20 odd years, he's in his like 40s, he, or maybe longer, he's been collecting video games since he was a kid, and his house is like, he probably bought like a normal sized house and then all of the additions have been to create this insane environment that's like almost a museum where cool. you walk into one room and it's it looks like a like a video store. It's aisles of like here are all the Sega Genesis games that I own. Here's the Xbox. Here's like wow. a random console from Japan from the eighties. Here's a <laughs> and like could you like, even imagine being that passionate about one thing for that long? I like piano is about as close but it doesn't take up as much room well you you you're in you're like the renaissance man though you're like the ultimate renaissance man i feel like every time like you you do it all like every time i talk to you i'm like oh wow here's like a whole other skill set i didn't know dutcher had and always uses <laughs> constantly you know i didn't realize how much of this stuff was your stuff that i was seeing or that you were behind you're like everywhere so i think I think you should have a tiny home. We got to make this happen. <laughs> Raise tiny home 2021. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, because for him, it's, and I'm fascinated with collectors who like, 
they've figured out, you know, that like they've gotten to a point where their collections are huge, but along the way, there's been these little micro adjustments and like how they spend their money, where they're looking for items, where how they suss out like prices, uh, like how they fluctuate, like making space, storing things, like, you know, all these things that, um, with this guy, the last gamer, he like built like not only a place to showcase everything, but he built a room that's like you, he invites in the community of people who, you know, they love retro video games. He, he built two rooms, actually. One room was pretty much a recreation of the arcade that he grew up spending a lot of quarters in. Oh, like he, so he cool. got, cause him and his wife, like he does the electronics and she does the art and they restore a ton of like arcade cabinets for businesses and stuff. <laughs> and people so much (laughs) and they just like yeah they just have this huge arcade with like the you know the space like carpeting and the neon lighting everywhere and just like decked out like super immersive and beautiful yeah and then like the other room is like it's like different stations where you can kind of like play your way through video game history of like like this is a console from the nineties and it's on like a good quality TV from that era. So you get like a, you a know, feel. that's, and you know, like when people are like that, when people are that dedicated, it starts off as something like when you're first talking about it, it's like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like he's wasting a bunch of his money and time on like this nonsense thing. But when, when you're really that dedicated and you're that passionate, like these are things that, I mean, video games are art. You know, and when you put together collections like that, especially one as expansive as his sounds and as like knowledgeable as he seems to be about all of this, like that's how you become a voice in the industry. Yep. Like the look at the art market, like like actual art, like on mediums, paper, like like <laughs> the prices, it's it's all like made up, you know? Yep. Like just perceived value, just like pure perceived value. I mean, that's what everything is, but like it's the same thing with guitars. Like if you're an avid guitar collector and you're the person kind of like sussing out the prices and being really dedicated and you have this expansive collection. Like, have you ever heard of Joe Bonamassa? Oh yeah. Yep. The blues yeah, like guy. he's a crazy guitar collector and like he's, I mean, he obviously is a super amazing player and that's what he's known for, but that's how you become a voice in the industry. Like you're a part of like why things are priced the way they are, what's valuable and what's not, what's worth something and what's not. You know? Yeah, I I always go to Justin Weiringa for any gear questions because he's like so he like I think it's it feels like it's been within the last two years he's really stepped up like you know when he was able to do more in person like going to gear swaps going to like vintage gear showcases going you know just seeing learning about all these different brands he he got me in touch with like a dude in Grand Rapids who he like he's he sold me a um uh, a leslie 825 like speaker with a pre a two-channel preamp and Ooh. he's the kind of guy that you know wearing a brought he's like oh i found a partial schematic for like a, a certain d- dumble amp and the guy's like oh, okay i could build you a clone and then he just makes him a clone of this amp everybody's trying to recreate right now in in like pedals or gear yeah that's i love that i people are just funny man you know like 
what lights some people up, like something I've really been struggling with pretty much all my life, but definitely with COVID, with having to like make your own structure and not being able to see people or really be inspired by anything in a real way. Cause you're not out seeing things. You're not out taking in new things. Yep. Um, is like just finding the passion to complete projects and the passion to keep going with the things you're interested in. And so it's so cool to hear stories like that of people that are just like so into what they're doing that they're innovating and they're that good at it that they're just like, yeah, this is just what I do. You know, they're just like interested in it. Yeah. And, and it, it just, that. it's so, well, it, it's so cool to like have, you know, even like Wearing is also like plays all these different stringed instruments and, you know, he's doing things like with earth radio, him recently joining in September, he, um, he was first, like the first couple of shows we did that we still were able to do outdoors. Um, when he joined the band, he brought a guitar and then, um, during the rehearsals that like, we stopped doing our bi-weekly rehearsals kind of early November just because of like the holidays and COVID spikes and all that stuff. Uh, we didn't want people traveling from Ipsy right. and South Bend. And, um, but he, he brought a, um, he brought his pedal steel to a rehearsal and like, it felt like maybe 15 minutes of him being like, okay, you know, I'd, I know how to play this with this type of style. And he's like, kind of, we're like just jamming and grooving. And then suddenly he's like, just kind of changing his vocabulary and like hitting pedals and like doing all these things that you're like this, why did we ever doubt that this would work? <laughs> like, when, when you, uh, it's like when you're, when you're that skilled with something and you've just been around the block and you're like practicing that true musicianship, always with everything you do it's so remarkable when you have somebody like you just said like they take 15 minutes and they're like oh yeah like I I kind of know what you're saying I kind of know what we're going for and then they just have it yep just like in there and they're just like yes this is it I've got like I remember when I was uh doing into the morning and patterns when we were still in the, the studio I had Mike Shimon and Max Lockwood as a rhythm section, Mike on drums, Max on bass for Into the Morning. And like, they just came into the studio, heard the songs and they were like, yup, how about this? And like, they just played with it for a minute and they were like, boom, <laughs> like, it's perfect. And I'm, Joe and I are just like, and uh, you know, Emily Petersmark and Kate Pillsbury, the Crane Wives, oh, they came yeah. did the backing vocals for pretty much everything I've ever done, like patterns, Into the Morning, all of it. And they just were like, oh, yep, like, boom, <laughs> here we are. Like, and it's so funny, you know, because Kate and Emily have been playing together for so long. Their voices are just so locked in with each other. Joe and I were like losing our minds listening to all the playback and comping after they left because like Emily would go in and she'd be like, okay, well, like, what about this for a harmony or this for a backing? And I'll ad lib a little bit here. And she'd improvise and do what Emily does with her, like, the thing, just what she does with her voice is insane. And then Kate would go in there and she would do the same thing, you know, like ad lib here and this would sound good here. And they'd do it separately. You know, they'd both be in studio A at different times. And then it was all great. It was all amazing. They leave, Joe and I are listening to everything back. And like the stuff that they did separately off the cuff matched up with each other. 
perfectly. <laughs> like, and we Whoa. were just like, <laughs> did you guys plan that? Like, it's just, yeah. now. they've done it so often. And like, it's just wild. And when Max came to do the baseline for Patterns, which is just a huge part of that song, it just makes the entire song. Like, I was really going for a more EDM, like Billie Eilish, kind of like stompy thing. And Max is usually like more in the, the folk world or the rock world. or mm -hmm. And he just came in and like, he played around with it for a minute. He listened to some references and then he was just like, yeah, how about this? <laughs> <laughs> what about that thing? Uh, uh, perfect. Oh. Go do it. Yeah, leave. You're fine. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's one reason I like doing studio work at third coast because very rarely like sometimes it'll be you know pre-arranged at least you know in the two to three years i've eh, it might be two years that i've like been called to like hey pop in play piano um or organ or whatever and um most most times it's not like okay here are the tunes like think about like what you're gonna do it's usually like I get there and then I go into the control room, whoever's there, like it might be just Kevin or Bill and Kevin and, and the client. And then they play me the song and I'm like, okay, listening to the thing, trying to, you know, absorb as much of it as I can. And then we kind of make a quick decision. Like, you know, like it needs something like darker. It needs a little bright. It need, needs a pad. It needs some kind of, sparkle or like whatever the word is then the, we, the, the perfect descriptive word that just like <laughs> lets you know exactly what you have to do yeah yeah and it's like okay darker let's try you know like a road sound like something warmer like oh let's oh it's a little brighter you want like a like a Wurlitzer sound like some electric -y, or do you want like a higher piano range like and what's that one keyboard that makes like the sound like the what is that called it's like really they have it there. We used it on one of my songs. Oh. It's not the Wurlitzer, is it? Is it? Did it have a lot of like colorful buttons and it was in like a gray? I think case? so. But it, it like literally made a sound like a foghorn. Like it was an awkward, <laughs> weird, kind of out of tune on purpose sounding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the... I'm thinking foghorn because there's, you know, the studio also has a Farfisa... And then the was a fireplace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a ridiculous instrument. It's so like uh I want to use it for some video gamey stuff because it sounds like eight bit, just like <laughs> yeah, it's all like we like things people are like synthesizing for chiptune. It's like it's this instrument, but with like a different thing on it. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to find the perfect descriptive word when talking with a client to like summon <laughs> the right <laughs> instrument. It's like, just say a word, we'll figure it out. Well, and then it, you know, for me, it's, it's fun. Cause then I listen to the song and now it, the challenge is, all right, I've heard the song once. I'm going to probably play along with it twice, maybe. And that I'm trying to save them time and money. I'm still going to get yeah, paid, but it's like, yeah it and you know sometimes it's like i go in I, I forget which client it was but she had a song i went in listened to it there was like a couple spots that were like oh it's you know it's slightly different than 
what was presented in the first chunk of the song. All right, let's, you know, track it. And I was in and out in under an hour and I got paid for like a song rather than the hourly rate. Well, like that, I remember that being a huge discussion at Third Coast, actually, when I worked there, like, like what, you guys are such pros, you've put in so many hours to be quick. Yep. Like, <laughs> hourly should not be a thing. <laughs> so, <No>. yeah, <laughs> you're saving so much time just by being in and out like that. So that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Like, could... You can just do that. Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I know exactly. Yup, here, perfect. Boom. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, well, and it, you know, I I just like I like having the, you know, a lot a lot of why I liked music school is because I there would be those days of like, hey, I you know my accompanist bailed and I have to play in two days. Can you learn it? And it's like, okay, let's let's do it and then every time i did that i got better at like learning stuff quicker and it made those kind of asks not so crazy especially when you know you're going into a thing with someone who's like you know it's not just like off the cuff it's it's more rehearsed um yeah. and you know that person is gonna as, as i think of like with singers or solo instrumentalists with that need an accompanist they if they're putting in the work, even not at like, you know, it doesn't always have to be classical, but like whatever song they know how they're going to perform it. And this, you know, the more confident someone is of like, Oh, I'm, this is a blues song, but I want it to be this way. And they start singing and you as the accompanist, you're like, Oh, I totally see what you're going for. I'm going to match that mood with what yeah. I have. Like that's always been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like what we did for your photo shoot, right? Like, we talked about it beforehand, and it's like our vibes just, like, collided. You know, like, no two things are ever the same. The vibes have to collide. Like, when you hire a photographer, like, yeah, this is their style, but the photo shoot they do with you is going to be completely different because of the vibe that you bring, you know? Yeah. And, and you're trusting that person to grab on to whatever you're putting down, you know? Yeah, and that, you know, we had wanted to do well i had wanted to do photos for earth radio like you know multiple times within like pre-covid because we had for a long time after the kickstarter for mother's breath and putting that out and Sick like album by the way that was oh. like <laughs> my summer bop while i was working <laughs> <laughs> just up. like in 40 hours a week just like over and over just yeah. in the zone <laughs> amazing album so cool awesome yeah, yeah thanks uh well like like you know everybody's trying to figure out branding and you guys crushed branding <laughs> that's what am i gonna get that shirt face on it, by the way what is that when is the next uh line of those coming out Oh, the, the, the shirt with my face. Um, yeah, I want to do a pre-order at the top of the year because I don't know. I'm assuming Bandcamp's going to continue their Bandcamp Friday thing. And yeah, that would be nice. That would be good of them. Yeah. The and what I, yeah. 
Well, and and what we what we would normally do is like treat it as a flash sale, and then like everything but the music would come off of the that page. Um, and we, you know, we're trying to get. We didn't really push like the whole like follow us on Bandcamp, even though we want people to do that. We, my thought with it, like Justin came up with the idea for the shirt. I had a design already of my face that um, I had gotten through a like it wasn't really a trade it was just like this friend of a friend in like iowa was making um these kind of stylized self-portrait illustrations um if you like donate ones like the that you used yeah like um he was doing it as a an incentive to get people to donate to bernie sanders oh, right on so it didn't matter what you donated. Like if you gave a certain amount and you kind of showed like, yeah, here's the PayPal thing. It went to this thing. Um, he would send over like whatever, if you sent him an, uh, an image, he would make it into an illustration type oh, thing. And when that all started coming together, I was like, okay, how do we, how do we promote it? Knowing that we don't have the money to do like, like let's order a hundred shirts and see what happens. It was just like, yeah. let's do, Let's do it with a risk. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's try the pre-order system. And it, and it was working up until October was kind of the, where it started to thin out. Cause you know, the album had been out a couple months. The shirts had been up for a couple months. Everyone who had seen it and gut reaction was like, I want it that they pretty much all bought it without us having to push it. And now it's, it's like, all right, how do we, again, with no money market <laughs> to a wider audience. And I think having it as like a flash sale on Bandcamp is good for the Bandcamp Friday, but I think we still need to like have a larger pre-order window for the shirts. Uh, yeah, the tricky part- A lot t-shirt companies let you do that now too, like let you put out that you're pre-ordering and then they let you make the purchase. Yep. Yeah, which is incredible because. <laughs> yeah, it was like you, everyone has a box of like unsold merch that just lives with them forever. Yeah, <laughs> I just lowered after doing the like seven days of Earth Radio promotion thing on our Instagram. I lowered pretty much anything that has to do with Mother's Breath. I've lowered like, you know, the posters and the lyric books are five bucks now and then the shirts and the vinyl are ten dollars off and i'm probably gonna lower the cd to 10 just because i want to like like everyone who's been at like where's the vinyl of the new record and when are we gonna get like other stuff with when's the net it's like Move all right merchandise, put gotta new stuff get... in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i hear you i'm like trying to decide what i want like all my merch is like organized in my little tool corner over here in my little boxes oh yeah and like i just i'm trying to decide what i'm gonna do for anything like any kind of promotion and i'm just like i feel like i feel like i'm not a real musician you know <laughs> like like you guys with all this stuff like i was trying that's what i was going for within the morning and i was like yeah i've got a plan i've got like this merch lined up and the like we're doing it and now i'm just back to square one with like i don't know like do I want to buy like 200 stickers that I just have to live with forever if no one <laughs> buys them or like mugs? 
Yeah, it's so well. And, and I was making the joke with someone of like, you know, trying to sell even just like a CD versus a vinyl right now with everyone else's priorities. It's like telling people to buy one of two circles and they're <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, what are you selling? I'm like, if do you have the thing that plays this circle? No, then maybe you want this one. Like it's cheaper. <laughs> it's still a circle. It still plays music. Like I, this shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> just get the contents of the circle on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, 0.01 <laughs> cents per half listen. Well, and, and I, I, I touched base actually with some friends I went to high school with because they, they've, found some of the vinyl we had put in like corner record shop and they bought nice. one of the vinyl and they're like oh we found it there like we and we bought it and i'm like in my head i'm thinking like you know me like you could literally just text me like hey i want a vinyl any time of any day <laughs> present it dude it's all how you like present it to people right yeah it's Isn't so true <laughs> and and like i remember noticing that like so instantly like when I was working with Dave and walk the beat like it's all how you present it to people like for instance like we had always had t-shirts for walk the beat you know mm -hmm. but we never sold t-shirts but people were always interested kind of well so we bought a bunch of the volunteer t-shirts but the difference was instead of just having like one little like walk the beat sign on like they were just plain white t-shirts walk the beat logo whatever kind of just like nothing t-shirts but in I think it was 2016 we put the lineup on the back like Lollapalooza style like full lineup poster on the back and put the logo like straight up on the front and I remember all the volunteers were wearing them and that event like everyone was just like where do I get one of those like with the lineup in the year on the back where do I get one of those and the woman that was doing like the raffle counting or whatever she was in charge of like this huge box of leftover t-shirts that we weren't even planning on selling and because people were just like so crazed at the event to like remember this lineup she was like just like fistfuls of cash like people coming up to her and buying uh. these t-shirts that were just gonna like get put in storage never to be seen again like whatever thin white t-shirts so it's like yeah like you if it's in the right context and people are just like they'll get it but if it's online you know or like you're not pushing something or there's no I don't know it's weird like it's like you think it'll always be there right and you know I I tried it's it's weird like trying to you know you don't necessarily want to play the FOMO angle and you don't want to like manufacture scarcity and you don't want to like do any of that but there's like also scarcity. Yeah, yeah. Like just, I think of like the, um, uh, you know, the De Beers diamond corporation restricting the supply and like that drove up the prices. And then they, you know, ran ads to be like, if she, you don't, you, you'll never tell her how much you love her unless she's wearing $10,000 worth of diamonds. And they're like, well, that's, that's part of our culture now. Thanks. Um, but <laughs> Like, uh, I, you know, I, I remember, um, uh, when I, I went and saw this band, um, you know, it was probably three years ago, three or four years ago, um, monuments, they are from the UK and they're like a great, they're like a metal band that, uh, 
they're in the quote unquote gent genre where it's like palm muted, rhythmic, syncopated, you know, still heavy driving music, but like it's got a groove to it rather than like blast beats and (laughs) craziness. Um, And I, you know, I took a guitar lesson with the dude and he still has one of those right hand picking hands that you're like, does it ever like stop? Like it's so like crisp and machine like. And then he was, you know, telling me about like the tour. And then he's like, yeah, we got merch that, you know, we're trying to get rid of like come by the merch table. And he, and I got like, it was like a bundle for like 20 bucks and it came with a shirt, a vinyl, a CD, a poster, and like two other like stickers and something else. And How do you sell that for 20 bucks and still make money. That's yeah. I'm like the, but you know, for them, it was just about like, cause they're, you know, overseas. They're like, we don't want to ship this all back. We don't have anywhere to store it. <laughs> so and it's free advertising if people are wearing it, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've always, you know, as much as I'm not the finance person with earth radio, I'm always the guy who's like, I just want people to have our stuff <laughs> so that, yeah. you know, sometimes you just got to accept a sunk cost. Cause it's like paying you in other ways, you know? Yeah. Cause then it's, you know, there it, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, it's like, people think it's always going to be there. But when we're, you know, we're not attached to a label, we don't have any, you know, distribution budget. We, we're not selling at such a high volume that it's like, oh, I got to make sure every couple months I re-up shirt right. orders or something. It's And you also like, I, you know, I don't think what a, bands are doing everything for themselves, like bands mm-hmm. and musicians. It's not like we have a boardroom full of like, you know, advertisers and marketers telling us like what's going to be popular and what's going to like get people's attention. And this is like your fan base and what they like, like you have to decide, like, like the, the Dutch or face t-shirts, you yep. know, like, <laughs> how do you decide there's going to be a demand for that? You guys just, you know, just, yeah, just make them see what happens. And they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and now like people have shirts with your face on them. Yeah. And it's, it's iconic. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it was so funny. Like I remember my mom bought one and she didn't realize what the phrase meant. <laughs> and she was like, I just found out about it, but I, it's okay. Cause it's got, it's got your face on it. And I'm like, that's cool. That's kind of what we were hoping is like, some people might not know what past the Dutchie means, but <laughs> they'll see my face and be like, Oh, it's, it's Dutchy Dutcher is right there. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, you know who's, like, I really want to hit up Emily to do some merch, because she does all the Crane Wife shirts. She mm-hmm. does, like, a lot of uh, concert posters and album art, and she does just, like, amazing, amazing eye-catching stuff. Like, yeah, I recognize a Crane Wife shirt anywhere. Yeah, she actually did, and I have my little bit left. Um, she did the artwork... For my jazz group. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Hold on. It's really uh, shiny. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's classic, Emily. Like the ribs and the. Yeah. It's so tight. I kind of, all I, the only prompt I gave her was like, is like the album is called Serendipity. And then, like, I was thinking of just kind of this, you know, this mishmash. I was thinking of the game. Um, uh flower actually where 
the whole, the whole point of the game is you're just, you're kind of the wind and you're controlling pedals that are flying and it's very vibrant colors and you, and there's music cues with everything. It's, oh, it's this good. like very relaxing, pleasant game. And there's I'm a couple, so and there's like a couple, there's a couple levels where, you know, the, the broad message, I guess, with the game is like, urban environments encroaching on nature and then nature's kind of response to like having time to like kind of grow in and around and like change these environments back into more natural things so i was like oh you know the only prompt is like something to do with this opposites of like nature and urban stuff and she just had the little touch of like the power transformers like kind of snaking through the landscape in the background and dude, then yeah Emily is amazing and then just poof like <laughs> dude <laughs> it's artists like oh it just blows my mind when people like you or Emily or Kate or Max or Mike or whoever it's just like you give them and especially Joe Hedinga he's amazing at this when working with me because I don't know what I'm talking about ever <laughs> so I just use like these really elaborate descriptive words and they're just like just like we were talking about yeah I, I totally get it I'll show you the artwork Emily did for me. I haven't used it for anything yet. So uh, I've had this for like years. I was going to do something with it and I've been saving it. But I literally, I I had like a really weird fixation with betta fish for a while. Like just keeping betta fish. And I thought they were so pretty and beautiful. And I loved like setting up the tanks and stuff. And so I told her, I'm like, I just want you to like make a picture we're like beta fish are my spirit animal, you know, like <laughs> that's it. That's all I told her. And she was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like, do it. Just straight oh. up. Isn't that insane? <laughs> that's super cool. Like, I can't wait to use this for something like this <laughs> is going to be on a t-shirt one day, album artwork, like sticker. I don't know, but it's tight. Yeah. Whoa. And That's, you know what's super cool? I never told her about this, but uh, <laughs> so Emily, if you're watching, like, sorry, but <laughs> she uh, she gave me like um, she also gave me like the scratch pad that she like, oh. did initial doodle on, and then she did another like printout at home with the Fisher Red, and I don't think she realized this at the time, but I was looking at those like scrap pieces the other day, and she like used them as scrap paper and wrote songs on the back of them, like unreleased songs. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day. <laughs> Put it in like, a frame. I'm going to save this. And then when she comes out with her solo album, I'll like <laughs> frame uh, it as Michigan music history. <laughs> yeah. And well, and, and that's why we like, you know, with Earth Radio, the person who's done our art has been... Um, he he's like Justin's childhood friend, Justin Avdeck. Yeah. And, Avdeck. <laughs> and uh yeah, like uh, his name's Sky Black. And um he, you know, his life is like uh like this place in like Switzerland wants a mural on a building and they'll like put him up for a couple months and just like yep. something (laughs) amazing yeah it's amazing art is one of those things where like the uh the startup is like hard 
and people aren't going to take you seriously at first. And like, you kind of feel like you have a lot to prove, even if you don't. But once you're at that level and you've just like earned the trust of people around you because of your portfolio, because of like hearsay on how you work, like stuff like that happens. Yeah. I I've seen the popularity of this dude. Um, he's an Australian graffiti artist, uh, lush sucks. And he, it's like, he somehow blends like, like some of like he he'll, he'll do like, like a series on, um, it actually made 50 cent mad (laughs) in a great, like hilarious way that like, why do you care that he's painting these things? But he, he's like painting 50 cent about a lot of things on Twitter. Yeah. Like so lush sucks was like painting, like it was it was 50 cent but like few like fused with different other noticeable people like eminem or donald trump or you know 50 cent without teeth or with Mao Zedong or (laughs) yeah and he's just like he's like what are you doing he's like i'm just making random (laughs) sorry man you're a public figure yeah it's like you're kind of doing what i thought you'd do is you're reacting to it publicly and um and but he'll also do like you know the weird juxtaposition of like a public figure and then like a a different like an anime character so it's like very distinct different art styles um and there's like it's like almost it's like he's almost painting memes but it's not as like (laughs) as weird and off the wall as memes can get sometimes it's there's like a there's definitely a theme to stuff but i'm always like how does this guy like just paint just come like, up with yeah like that yeah. just came from inside like that's the amazing thing about art like i'm gonna pop off a little bit and this is like again gonna sound really airy fairy but i mean it's it's literally artists are inviting you like into their world like how they see things and like sometimes they just take you like so deep Like if you've ever looked at anything or listened to anything, which I know we both have, where you're just awestruck, like, oh my, how did they even make, like, how do you even begin to make something like this? It's like, they're inviting you into like a small piece of their brain. And it's so extraordinary when somebody gets so good at that, like, because that's all art is, is that like mind, heart to physical reality connection. Yeah, it's so... so good at it. It's like you're like whoa it's it's i mean that's one thing that's kept me like motivated for i mean i i turned 28 back in september and I, Happy i've birthday been belated yay <laughs> covid birthdays covid birthdays um and i was reminded of like because we one of the things we did for christmas with my family is we watched uh my parents have been um digitizing old vhs tapes so we've seen like you know like this is as well yeah and it's and well and it's funny like the thing of the commercials for old vhs and like also some of the same concerns people talk about with smartphone usage like back in the 80s they're like everyone's just gonna look they're gonna experience the world through their their viewer in their in their vhs camera they're not gonna live in the real world and color television what yeah. do you mean color television <laughs> but it's like it was it was cool to see like you know just different moments of the past and like 
getting context to like, oh, these are my parents when I was like a baby. Like this is yeah. what they had to, this is what they were dealing with or like how they were, you know, documenting these moments. And, and then um, there was a, one of the DVDs was the first um, Snedeker family like concert that we did um, where it was at my grandparents' church in Florida and it was like my Washington cousins, my, you know, Massachusetts family. And then us, we all went down and like, even the siblings that like did music cat. I mean, at that time I was like, I was nine. So my other cousins were around that age or younger and same with my siblings. You have a super musical family. Yeah. yeah. It like, it, it made me think like seeing that I'm like, Oh, this is like a year into me playing piano. And like, it's interesting to think how far like that's come since that time and yeah. what what stuck with it without even really like knowing at the time yeah we... yeah and just and you know we've been I think we have one tomorrow like this year doing more zoom calls with the extended family and um we were you know on the side all of us cousins who like you know, even if like, I have a couple cousins in Florida who one's an English teacher, but she still, you know, plays music and sings. And and then I have a cousin who was like a, like a top level trumpet player in his undergrad. And he switched into seminary because that's what my grandfather's background is, is seminary. And, but he's like a, a seminary dude that like, you know, he's, he's doing you know, sermons or like working with sermons that aren't just like, eh, you know, Ephesians says, don't hate that guy. Mm -hmm. But what does that really mean? It's like, it's like, you know, like, here's how Christianity as a culture has become toxic with politics or how it enables this, Ooh. these horrible things or how it does these. <laughs> so it's like very like applied. Yeah. It's like applied direct. And he'll like, like he was telling me that one year when he, he, he did his master's in Chicago and like one of those years he was like helping to organize like labor strikes from the people that were like working the farms that picked the produce that eventually end up in like Wendy's or McDonald's or, wow. and I'm like, yeah, you're still doing a lot. Like it doesn't yeah. matter that you don't play trumpet as much cause you probably got burnt out of playing trumpet. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just call the different things, you know? Yeah. It, 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 well, I mean, the, the short end of the story was just like, now we're all like, what if we did another Snedeker family recital now that like three people have gone through their masters in music and like we have four people like. Reunion. Yeah. Like we could do a Reunion legit more. concert. <laughs> That's sick. I, yeah. You, you got, dude, that would be so cool to have like a video of like the old, VHS tape and then like switching back and forth or so you could do something really cool with that yeah I because we did do one we we tried to do one that had part of the family when I was a sophomore at Grand Valley and I just went down with I think that was just me I think I went down by myself to like see all those fam of the family that was able to make it and yeah so there's like, yeah, there's like the little kid 
all of the family, we ended that concert singing Edelweiss, like the Von Trapps. <laughs> and then like now, <laughs> yeah, we need another like concert of like, hey, we, le- we stuck with it. <laughs> Just, we did it. We now did listen it. to us just shred unbelievable <laughs> you listen. can't handle this get ready to not handle this yeah it's I love that. it's great <laughs> i'd make a great tiktok dutcher a then and now thing yep People that. progress i somehow like my instagram algorithm thinks i'm really into dance videos now and like so now i get all these served ads for dance instagram the dance side of Instagram and all that. And maybe it's obviously because I'm like, every time a dance video comes up, I'm lingering on it and they're tracking that. But I just saw this one progress video of like a little girl doing a ballerina move. And it was like 2015, 2016, 2007. And by like 2020, she's doing this like crazy thing, but like on a balancing ball and like- <laughs> You're like, just like Whoa. over her head. And I'm just like, oh. And it was just a 20 second video of progress. And I was so enamored with it. You should do one of those, like with your family Christmas VHS <laughs> video, like Little Dutcher. And then like 2015. And then just like by the end, it's just like, yeah. you know? It, yeah. Well, I saw one of those. It, it might have more views now, but I saw it was on YouTube. A guy like th- he sang like, I think it was like one note of a song every day for like five years. <laughs> and it was, and then the, the hyper cut was like all and these growing up and getting older with it. Yeah. It's like getting older, like facial hair, less facial hair on a mountain in the like traveling, like and you're just like this guy <laughs> stuck with this thing for so long. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, <laughs> mildly ADHD, maybe not mildly, maybe I'm being a little too generous with myself, but I definitely, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. (laughs) And when I hear stuff like that, that somebody had an attention span for something that lasted that long, that's possible. (laughs) That's something humans can do. What what is happening? (laughs) You kidding? Uh, it's I don't so... even remember to drink water every day. Like, <laughs> what? And this guy made a song last five years. For no reason. Like, yeah. it's not like he was like, this is going to make me millions of dollars. Like, <laughs> this, this is it. He just, like, was like, yup. Like, I'm just going to remember to do this every single day forever. It's crazy. It's... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know... It's like, there's all the people who try to give you advice on like, it's like, this is the kind of content that you can make or should make or should want to make. And I see people like, you know, like Mr. Beast just blowing anything out of the water of like, this, this isn't, this isn't repeatable by, this isn't imitatable by anyone. (laughs) Like, it's like be worth millions of dollars in your twenties and then spend a lot of it on other people all the time to the point of exhaustion <laughs> and then repeat <laughs> like i don't Dude. understand it <laughs> honestly like i feel that way about you sometimes like watching you <laughs> i'm like how does this man <laughs> have that level of focus for things 
<laughs> like you created your own schedule that you're sticking to. What? what? <laughs> and you, what, you follow through. What? What is happening? Like, like you were just saying, like, oh, this is the content you should make. When I was, I was just driving before I got to my house and popped on here with you, and I was thinking to myself, literally on that drive, man, I should get into TikTok. Like I have all these ideas for TikTok. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, wow, I just really don't want to. <laughs> like it would probably help me, but wow, I just really don't want to spend time on these videos. <laughs> like, cause then you gotta be consistent with it. You know, like nothing is good on social media these days unless it's consistent. And as we just discussed, that is something that just amazes me in other people. Like I'm not mature enough for that. <laughs> Well, and it's so weird, like, because sometimes consistency is just kind of like, like, I think of um, this, this family that's, they started out as a family vlog channel, and they grew into like, you know, it's a brand, it's worth millions of dollars, because why not? Why not have it, everything be just unexpectedly worth millions of dollars? <laughs> um, yeah. They, like, they, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, they're, and their content shifted from like, you know, a family vlog channel is kind of like, oh, we kind of, you know, you're inviting us into your home. You're like a normal family. Oh, the kids like are crazy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're like, you know, they did a vlog where it's like, a if you, if you summarize what they did is they were like, they clickbaited the title with like, we can't believe this happened to our house. And you're like, oh no, like what happened? That sucks. And then they start with like, man, you know, like a clip from later in the video as an intro and then it's a hard cut to like make sure you're watching this with merch buy the merch and you're like okay you're selling merch against something we don't know if it's a problem or not and then it cuts to like have the family merch yeah it's, it's just family branded what it's like i it's want my family to have a brand <laughs> we need merch merch everyone's got merch um <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you make money is you have merch apparently <laughs> that lawyer's gotta have merch banker yeah. merch doctor I just, buy his, his t-shirt <laughs> i just followed a lawyer on youtube who's been super helpful with like like he talked about in a video um the dmca sneakiness that's trying to be like placed in the the relief bill that oh, dude i love people like that where they're like <laughs> i have knowledge and i'm gonna explain it to you in a way that makes sense yeah it totally made sense of like the biggest issue with it, with the quick side tangent, the biggest issue is like, you know, as it stands, you can't like, and everyone, you know, this year especially has been annoyed by like, oh, I can't really play music in the background. Or sometimes they, the algorithm copyright claims something that's like oh, I know, a, that's a cover. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that is turning into a mess. That is like a whole other conversation, but continue. <laughs> yeah, and so- the way some ways around it is like there's this guy um harris heller that my friend who does a lot of twitch streaming she turned me on to his content because it's also very inf infotainment <laughs> and it's all about i haven't heard that term yet <laughs> it's like you know it'll be like sometimes it'll be like oh comparing you know like you see all these cameras webcams on the market which one should you use or can you use something else as a webcam like getting your audio set up for streams like if you want to start using widgets like what does that look like how do you keep it organized without Less being overwhelmed like and 
<laughs> so so helpful. Yeah, it's like it's like the I don't know if you've ever I just uh, I just got a home, so I've been like deep in DIY home YouTube, <laughs> deep, and I would like to just give a big shout out, big thank you to all those people who, like, you can tell they made a YouTube account just to post this one video, yep. you know? Like, and they're not doing it for the fame. They're not doing it for the merch. They're just like, people need to know. This is how you change a light fixture. And there's no intro. There's no, hey, what's up, everybody? Like, Lauren Johnson here. Like, I'm gonna go off on this random tangent before I get to the meat of the video. Merch. It's like, hi. <laughs> This is probably in your house. Let's dive in. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I, I fixed my car bumper last year and like somebody, some angel made a video on the internet. Here is how to take the bumper off the ProMaster City. It had like 28 views <laughs> and it was like, here is exactly how you do this. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> like how to <laughs> spackle a hole in the wall. Hi, I'm your local dad. This is how you do it. 500 views just saved my life you know wow well shout out to those people yeah because like so like harris heller he did um because he initially went to school for music and then he started doing the streaming thing and he still does music where's he um, from i think west coast it seems like every year, yeah, just relocates to one of the coasts. <laughs> Word. Um, but uh, he, like, so he owns an LLC that's his music publishing LLC. Um, I think it's called like, like Senpai Music or something. And <laughs> and um, he notice me. Yeah, no, notice me. <laughs> And he um he made i think it's like five different playlists that are all under the brand um stream beats and you can go to the website and you you can see like yeah this is the lo-fi stream beats this is like the kind of upbeat edm type stuff this is the you know whatever other genre and then there's also a a drafted legal document that basically you download and that can be used as like, yeah, this is free to use permission from the copyright holder music for streams. And, and it's like, Amazing. whoa, that's a whole market idea that's like creating music as a utility for that kind of stuff when you're advert. It's like a way of getting advertising without having to spend money because people are always looking for music they can stream that won't yeah. tr trigger oh, dude, the copyright <laughs> the travel vlog genre now that's like tropical house but like three notches down and free yep. on the internet <laughs> you're like wait <laughs> and or there's so that there's that one song that like came pre-installed on every windows computer ever that you could use in windows movie maker I don't, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I, yeah. I, like I Every YouTuber ever uses that when they first start because it's cute and free mm -hmm. as their theme music. It's, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Just so but, happy. And, yeah. <laughs> but, so like, that's one way to get around it is like, you you create your own music have it registered under an llc copyright and then you know essentially open up the licensing for free 
but then there's the other way which is some streamers who have the money do it they buy a radio license every year like a, a radio station and they oh, just wow. are able to broadcast that way because they've purchased a radio license for how many thousands of dollars at the top of every year and but with with this D, dmca thing the the main issue is there's a phrasing that's like uh you know it it says like if streaming services are are caught using copywritten content like you know people who up like cut and upload episodes of family guide ad nauseum until they get shut down or something and they're trying to make ad dollars off of people searching family guy um that's kind of what they're trying to target but in the crossfire is if the bill gets amended ever to just say person offering this content like whether or not it's a you know someone just uploading it won't differentiate anymore it would be like a guy who uploads family guy is up to the same federal prison punishment as some dude streaming music behind minecraft yeah and that gets so messy because it's like how have most of our friends been making money right now live streaming playing covers on facebook if somebody like gets slammed for covering like Michael Jackson on fate, like what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> those, and what I, is that doing in a relief bill? Yeah, it just hit it like. like <laughs> so, people are starving and like need help and we're gonna. It's so, it's so crazy. Like someone shared like a clip of one section of it where like is like 150 million went to Venezuela like why are we trying to get their oil later on their their society is crumbling because of people who just bought up all the resources banked on it all and then it all went bust and they're like well we're still rich and the country's starving like it's it's crazy something that i really feel happened for americans this year is i mean because you know i have i have quite a few friends in us i'm gonna tangent but i'm gonna loop it back around okay (laughs) it's going to come back. So I've spent a lot of time in Australia and I have a really amazing group of people there who I love so much. I try to see them as much as possible. They're like family. And in Australia, they're fine. They're, they've been hanging out and drinking coffee together and going to festivals and chilling this whole year. They're fine. Nothing. They have no collective trauma. They have no, like, they can't like travel across state borders or leave the country, but for all intents and purposes, they're chilling, you know? And like Americans have really gone through this thing this year where I feel like the illusion of safety has just been shattered. Like the illusion of, uh, what do you call it? Like stability, like that we are safe. Like we can't ever possibly, you, you know, this is how our society works and we don't have to worry about like the ravages of war or a pandemic. Like, like plague was a joke. Like we need a new plague was a joke. A year ago and like just that illusion has been stripped from so many of us mm-hmm. like things like all of our friends have had their industry taken away in a way that we never thought was possible and so I don't know we're all just kind of like it's just been shattered we're all yep. just like so fully aware now of how deep things run so when we see things like no one really knows what's going in this or going in that. And like people have just been failed so miserably by things that were supposed to protect us for times like these. 
that I feel like everybody's just like, like we're just, the illusion is gone now. So now what? Yeah, it's so like, it's, and especially like uh, Eli Khan got me um, hip to a couple podcasts that were related to actually a, um, a satirical YouTube news thing that I watch. Um, uh, this guy, Cody Johnston, who came over from cracked.com made a, a, a web series or that he's still making it called, um, uh, some more news. And it's like a, you know, very casual, like, here's some more news. <laughs> it's here's like more, more things are happening and he'll, he'll have a, you know, some different topics he's discussing and, um, you know, like the recent holiday, he did a holiday special <laughs> where this, like, there's this, like, you know, puppet kind of playing the, the, the adamant, like, no, this is the holidays. We have to be happy. Stop talking about. And then he's like, we can't ignore like all these things that are happening while everyone's like, it's the holidays. And like, you know, like all these appointments being made to Biden's administration that are basically like the same types of people we had problems with in Trump's administration. You're like, just because they're a Samoan woman doesn't mean they're not going to ruin our lives at some point. And then the puppet's like, but I just want to have fun. And and he's like using magic to try and like throw Cody into like different Christmas specials of the past, like in different animation styles and and it's just like (laughs) it brings up such a good point though because i mean like it it's the question i feel a lot of us have been asking this year like how informed is too informed how informed should we stay how much should we be doom scrolling because i mean at the end of the day this is something i have to remind myself all the time when i'm getting scared one way or the other like all i have is this window to the rest of the world i'm not there i don't know these people i don't know what's happening I know what's around me and I know what I'm reading and I know how to check sources and I know how to like ask questions and, but I really only have this window (laughs) (laughs) and you should know what's going on. Everyone should be paying attention because like the people that we elect on local, state, federal, whatever levels, it matters. Our leaders matter so much and we can't pretend that they don't, but at the end of the day, we don't have any control over so much of it. So like, when is it okay to just be like, no, it's the holidays. And when, yeah. <laughs> when, do, when do we be like, actually, wait, like, we need to address this. As Hold on. <laughs> you know, like, where is the balance between that? And there, there's no right answer. But no, no one's ever going to do any <laughs> good for the world if you're paralyzed by stress. You know? Yeah. I've had to learn to, like... Yeah, definitely work in those things that are like, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes like learning things, and I'm able to like, you know, learn about. Like I listened to one of the podcasts that got me hip to was the Behind the Bastards podcast, and it's, it's like, you know, the the hosts, the hosts and the guests and all that they, they like, you know there's there's things they read that they just start laughing because they're like this is insane that this is part of history and like this is a real person who affected things this horribly and like like things that aren't just like you know a grand scale of like oh yeah during this war like this person did that it was like you know like people starting little infighting that's now you know 
compartmentalized on Facebook and it was started in the seventies. And you're like, wait, why was this, this person's legacy? And history is amazing. mm -hmm. It's extraordinary. Yeah. So I, you know, I like, I mean, I like learning it, but I also, I, I know how to, you know, I'll put it over here until it becomes relevant to a thing or a discussion. And then I know how to like call it back to be like, no, this is what, like who cares about whatever dumb thing you just said (laughs) like we need to you know remember that these things are they repeat under certain like you know certain stressors certain environments certain you know class differences certain yeah yeah, it's that's something that like somebody told me this one time and it like really put things into perspective for me because I was kind of like it's so easy to look at where we are in history and be like, like, this is insane kids these days, like everything is horrible. And now humans are really awful and it's because of social media. But the reality is like humans have been like this species of human with the brains we have and the bodies we have and the instincts we have for like, they say 70,000 years is what I got from like a report I read on the internet, whatever. It was like the furthest you could go back and pluck a baby and like raise it in the modern time and have nothing be super off is about 70,000 years, you know? Like the graph of people saying kids these days over the course of history is a straight line, right? These days and the next days. (laughs) Yeah, like first it was like Socrates saying like, kids these days are reading too many books and they're not focusing on physical activity. And then it was like, some other Roman dude being like, kids these days are using spices on their food and everything's going to hell. And then you like bring it to the century, like the 19th century. And it's like, well, like we look at now like Martin Luther King, for example, right? We look at his peaceful protest and he's in the history books as this protagonist, admirable figure, right? Back then he was being as an anarchist. He was assassinated. Yeah. Because he was trying to help get workers' rights for groups. Like, like people forget that. Like, you can go back as far as you want, and you will always find that, like, yes, there's this condensed version of history. Like, we know Hitler was a bad guy, right? Hitler was a terrible guy, and he did these awful things. And then you, like, really dig into the history. And obviously, like, yes, Hitler was a terrible person. But you dig into the history, and, like, a lot of the people under him, like, the soldiers, they, they didn't know <laughs> right concentration camps where they like people just it the the when you look at like the actual chain of events and work backwards to how people were feeling at the time and what their point of view was and what they were going off of like like i mean look at back to 2016 we were all the victim of victims of like russian like (laughs) propaganda on facebook like and it looked so real you know like the, the term fake news came about. Now it's like, we're all learning exactly what, what makes that feels like article <laughs> newsworthy, you know? Yeah, like, like what is true journalism? What is truly sourcing your articles? And it's, it's humans have been humans for a long time. Yeah, you, it's, yeah, it's just dressing up in different, different ways, different, yeah, different, uh, like, uh one episode of behind the bastards was talking about the um it was a term from a book uh called the little nazis and it was people who weren't like you know registered soldiers it wasn't people who were like in like the worst parts of it 
it was people who were like, you know, business owners who were like, oh, well, they say all these bad things are happening. I don't want these bad things to happen in my business. I don't really know what's going on. I just own a bakery or I'm just a cobbler. I just need yeah, like to I'm like- I'm just a dude that wants to get my groceries and go home. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it, it was kind of living in that deniability of like, you know, like I'm still able to do my bakery stuff because yeah. they're doing these things and I'm not looking any further into it. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go march in the streets for them, but I'm also not going to like criticize them because I want to keep my business. And it was like, you know, having a culture that doesn't speak out. It, yeah. it creates- like I need to survive right? Yeah. And it, it, it creates a culture of like, you know, just apathy and like, oh, you know, it's, it's going to happen anyway. Like, oh, I can't affect sure. it. or like, And we're seeing that now we're seeing like people being really burnt out. And this is just the way it's always been because that's human nature yeah. to be like that, you know, and that's why we have to like, it's so important that we try to be more conscious and aware and really think critically about things and make decisions for the long term, which it seems every human is naturally terrible about. <laughs> it's like you context. Know? Uh, no, I don't need any of that. I just short term gratification. Thank you. I mean, oh my gosh. Like you were talking about bad sleep last night. I was just talking yeah. to a friend about this. Like I was going to bed last night and uh, it was late because it was Christmas and I was up and I got into my phone for just a second before bed. I'm just gonna catch up on things and oh no, I've hit the Instagram explore page and now it's five <laughs> in the morning and I know I should be sleeping, but I'm so deep and I can't stop like monkey brain. Like uh... <laughs> this has been so engineered to hold my attention and work with my brain and it's working and I know it's working and I know I should go to bed and I hate myself for doing this, but like <laughs> here I am fighting my natural nature. Like no, now. I need to, I need to see all this stuff that I won't even remember later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's it, well, and, and, and that's partially why I like, as much as I am trying to stay informed, a lot of what, a lot of my actionable things that I, I know I have control over are focused on the music scene here. Cause it's like, all right, I know in a day, I can like, I could write an album review. I could do this thing. I could write a, I could make a video. I could, you know, yeah. work on socials for third coast, like just posting something. We're working on the website right now, just trying to revamp what we can present. And I'm probably going to copy Laluna. And like, once we make this website and we have an idea of the catalog of the studio, I'm going to start posting these little mini stories yeah. about like what albums have been made and, so it's, and it's all for the betterment of what's around you, right? Like you're raising yeah. up what you can see and taste and touch. I mean, because the staying informed, like, what is it? They say humans aren't supposed to like be able to recognize more than a hundred faces. And like <laughs> lots of people never went like 20 miles from where they were born, like a billion years ago. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, wow, I know what's happening everywhere all the time. Yeah, I know all I could look ah. up the news day to day of a country I've never thought about at all. I could just like, oh, I wonder what's happening in Luxembourg today. I could just look it up. Yeah. Like, and I can join one of their discords and see what the 13 year olds there think of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I could join a Facebook group about like a, 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 a disagreement, whatever the disagreement, I can join one of the sides and be like, yeah, they, he's right. <laughs> on this. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I'm not, I, again, I saw a tweet 
that I feel like summarizes <laughs> this very well. And it was like, I take in more information every day than my ancestors took in in a lifetime and none of it benefits me. Yeah, it's, it's so, it, yeah. When you, it's so like people lived so like there was so, and you know, I, I think about this too, even nowadays with like, even as you know, we have access to our info and more complex stuff. I see, you know, I'm, I have these certain goals as like career and artist and all that. And I see at each year, it's like, oh, well, they got married. Oh, they had their first kid. They're on their second kid. They had, they moved over. They've owned more than one hat. Like I see the keeping up with the Joneses, like suburbia markers. And I'm like, you know, there's that part of the back of my head. That's like, bro, where's like, where's your house? Why don't you have one? And it's like, then the other side's like, because uh, this is what we're doing right now shut up we <laughs> i can't afford a house right now and, Dude, and it's like a lot of work like yeah. if you're doing the family <laughs> thing if you're doing the relationship thing if you're doing the house thing that is what you're doing <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> like that is it that's what you're focused on like <laughs> yeah and i see, well and i see that too with like you know the people that you know, some people I went to music school with or some people I, you know, I grew up with and we were on similar trajectories. And then there was just a shift of like, and then they got married and then they got a house and then they got the kid. And now, you know, they have the job that pays for all of that to exist yeah. and they're raising the kid and maybe they'll have other goals within this thing. And to... it's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Like it's a beautiful, natural progression. But when when that's not what you're being called to do in that moment quite yet. Yeah. When, when you have other things that are going on, like, I mean, it's even really hard, I think, for a lot of creatives to even date. I mean, creatives, people in all professions where they're extremely dedicated to what they're doing and having a lot of time. I mean, it's, that is just what you're doing in that moment. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, there. I think of that too with, um, I don't know who I was talking to. It was so, I think it might've been someone I went to high school with or, you know, someone I hadn't seen in a while. And they're yeah. asking all those, like those similar markers of like, Oh, you, you like still living in the Crescent neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it's third year or like, it's like, Oh, yeah. you uh, like, you seen anybody you dating? And it's like, well, no, cause this and like a pandemic. <laughs> because I and... lived at my desk and this yeah. is what I do. And <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Because I mean, like, it, it, where you put your focus is where you put your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like where attention goes, or what is it? Like where attention goes, energy flows or something. Yeah. Like you have to choose what to build when. And, and sometimes it's just like, if you're trying to build something where you're in a band and you're helping build up the studio and you're putting a lot of effort into your community and building that up, like there's always going to be time. Yep. For that other stuff, you know, and everybody's time is, is different and people just have really different priorities. And I think it's like smart to just be like, you know what? No, like, it's so wonderful that you have these multiple homes and these vacations and you have this job that you're progressing in. And, you know, this, this beautiful family that's so rewarding for you, but like, that's just, I'm doing something different right now. I'm being called to do something different. Cause you don't want to like you don't want to get other people involved with your stuff, you know, like a, a spouse and kids, if you feel called to do something else. Cause otherwise that's always going to sit here. Yep. You know, <laughs> there's going to be that conflict that you didn't think you'd have. Cause like, Oh, I could, 
balance it and then it's like oh well i have to factor in like you know it not necessarily out of selfishness but it's like i have to factor in other people's lives and attention and 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 you know their goals and things that i you know being in their spheres now are influenced by and um, co-creating something right like and and when you do that kind of stuff you want to be able to give it all of your attention mm -hmm. like i think it's so important to like it's i think it's really responsible and smart to recognize when you're not able to give your full attention to something that deserves your full attention yeah and well and and then there's also like um i i tried in terms of like a you know uh thinking of ways of like how do what is my way of making income when i was like starting out college um i tried for like i think it was like two months i didn't make it to the 90 day like trial which i'm like why is it three months of a job to be like okay now we think he'll work here it's like okay i get it because i didn't last that long but um yeah. i had didn't start paying you until 90 days well they were paying me it was just like it was at that next step it was like okay this is when certain benefits or certain things unlock or i don't know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. some structure that i didn't understand at the time and I just, I was working at Magic Steel, which is, uh, my friend's dad is like the operations manager there. He might've since gotten a promotion, but he, um, you know, he, there's a job that they make there that really is, it can be done by any employee during their shift, but they can also create it to save, um, it, like, I was basically like repairing um, skids that the steel coils would be carried on and yeah. loaded onto trucks and stuff. So I'd get like, you know, someone would unload a bunch of coils and they'd forklift over like 20 skids and I'd have to like sort through them by the color system and like, you know, very menial, like, okay, I got to use the nail gun or I got to cut some wood. And, yeah, um, and it was during a time where I was also still taking 15 credits at Grand Valley. And then I was also sure. doing <laughs> the musical uh, after all of that, because it, it added to my stipend I got from the music building. So all of my days are like, you know, like get up at seven. I don't have a parking pass for the Allendale campus. So I'd park downtown, have enough time to take the bus up to get to my eight 30 class get done with classes at 11, take the bus back downtown, get in my car, drive home. I'd have an hour to change, eat, get to Magic Steel, work one to five, leave Magic Steel, go downtown, catch the bus back up to campus, and then do like six to 10 or 11 at the <laughs> musical. And, and, and that is how so many of us in this community live. Like yep. we go to stretches of every day is like that. And then you burn out. Yep. You just fizzle, like, because it's, like, it's not sustainable. Uh, like, I, dude, yeah, that, that's, wow, that's the story of everyone. Like, yeah, I was taking 19 yeah. credits and I had two jobs and I did all this freelance work and then I logged onto my computer to do all this other stuff. Like, if you, like, especially musicians, man, like, <laughs> creatives, like, you got to be ready to hustle and do it. I, I remember I was playing, a show 
And I was just like doing my thing, playing like a solo show at a bar and a guy comes in and you, you, you could just tell he was one of those kids these days type. He was really nice to me. And he, he was totally all about what I was doing. He saw my CDs. He saw like my little setup and he's like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, no, I was like 22 at the time, like so two mm-hmm. years ago. He was like, man, it's so nice to see somebody your age, like really working hard after he like learned that I was in school and I was working and I had like two jobs and school and I was performing and I was taking photos and like all this stuff. And he said like, like no one's doing that. Like your, your generation is so lazy. And, and like, what? <laughs> they just aren't, they, they're just expecting life to work out for them. And I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> because everyone I know is like this. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I'm still trying to find, like, unless they have money and they've exhibited with that money, the lifestyle they are like used to, like, cause sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, someone has money but they're still working hard and it's like not enough money to be like a trust fund kid, but it's enough to like, all right, they're putting it into a business. Like that's still an advantage. They're obviously they're, not dumb. Yeah. They're not, they're not dumb and they understand no, doing work. something like, <laughs> yeah, it's it. I, I well, yeah. And, and I'd get that too with like people who just, they kind of come up to me and they try to tell me what they think my life is doing the thing. And oh, I'm like, yeah. no. you know what you should do. You <laughs> yeah. know what you should, and that we're all guilty of it because it's like a human thing. But once you have right. it directed at you a couple times, it's like, <laughs> I've been up for 16 hours, and uh, <laughs> I still have like two more things to complete when I get home after this conversation. Like, <laughs> please please go away <laughs> please buy my circle <laughs> yeah buy my circle it's in this square that you can <laughs> i spent a long time packaging this and making it look nice please please take it please, please take... buy it for five dollars <laughs> i don't know it's like is this really that hard of a decision i need yes or no it's like it's like it's, it's fine yeah it's yeah like People that think they know, like, and, and music is funny. Music and art, very funny because like everybody benefits from it. Yep. Everybody's always soaking up art. Everybody is obsessed with music and has their artists that they follow and they love. So there's this notion that they know something about it. There's yeah. this notion in a lot of people where they feel like they know the industry. And yeah. they, they know what you, what you need to do is you need to, you know, like, and it's like, bro. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's interesting because like the people that are supporting you and they are coming to your shows and they are buying your art, it's, it's almost like because you're getting supported by these people and it's wonderful, no complaints, they feel like they have a say in it. Right. You know? And, and like, you know, that was one of the things I don't have, a, I only have four patrons right now, but with Patreon, that that's something I know I'm going to have to address where, I and I'm sure Patty has some experience with this with the covers and the Prishela. the access. Yeah, Patty Prashela. Oh, <laughs> She's another one of those people, man. She posts stuff and I'm like, your attention span is incredible. <laughs> it's like, how did this happen? How do you do this? <laughs> yeah. And well, and it's like, you know, finding that balance of like because like Patreon is access, but it's also a vehicle of like, okay, you're 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 giving physical dollars like there is some agency of like what do you like 
what do you what yeah. do you enjoy seeing from me and right now it's kind of just like like i'm giving access but it's also a way of you know someone could learn something along the way they can see like oh they're making a video that's gonna end up on youtube or they're making a podcast or whatever yeah. and well, then it's, it's more of a conversation right between yeah like, and it's 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 not somebody being like you know what you should do because i know <laughs> Yeah. You should you should be on the the TikTok. You All the kids are you know like it's like oh thank you. It's like when when we took photos or whenever I take photos with someone or when you're collaborating with your band. It's like the vibe that two people bring and it's like co-creating. Like you see what people like and you might lean a little bit more into that. But it's not like doing something you don't want to do or that isn't true. I get. Am I am I getting what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it well, it made me think of. Um, I posted a clip from uh, from Bob's Burgers where he's like, I think it was oh, an episode where he was like having conflict with like a food critic who was like, you know, not giving his restaurant any good credit or anything. And he's yeah. like, he's reading the newspaper and seeing like job listings for like these corporate jobs. And he's like, oh, I bet they don't get reviewed. And he like starts to fall asleep and he's dreaming he's dreaming of like being that kind of dude who's like you know stuck in traffic on the way to work and it's like oh you oh you making ramen no i'm just making tea like all these dumb like workplace conversation like oh this guy is a great borat my wife and he like wakes up screaming like no and i'm like that's how i think of like those environments of I don't want to be like, all right, oh, another day clocking in. Yep. Oh, hey, Frank. And it's like, I don't oh, need. Man, <laughs> You're describing my life. That's what I'm doing right now. Clocking in. I hey, clock Frank. in and I say, hello, everyone. And I have my coffee and then I sit down and I'm great, grateful to have a job. I do really like my job. It's great. But it's like, you got to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And then I have to like switch gears and do all this other stuff because like, when you're called to do something, you just got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I have more of a drive because a lot, a lot of what I watch is, is YouTube. It's people who are like, you know, I think of, I think of people like, um, like Markiplier, like his, his content isn't for everyone and he's a video game dude, but he started as a reaction to, and he's explained it too in multiple videos, like a react. I don't watch all of his stuff all the time, but he's done some more public facing, like he's on a late show and he's talking to like vanity fair and like whatever. And, or like doing a day in the life where he's like doing a million things in a day. And all the comments are like, he does more than one day than I've done in my whole year. (laughs) And, uh, but he talks about like YouTube was, it was part, a creative thing but it was also a reaction to his life situation where he was like oh he just got you know major surgery lost a relative like dropped out of school like all these big shifts and it started with i like playing horror games and i have a webcam and then now it's you know that's how he bought his house that's how he's dating a creative people listen to me (laughs) Yeah, now the he, things I say are important. It's like I've I, like I built a career. I date a creative person who is now my you know creative producer of everything I do, and like I awesome. like he's made like he just did he did a thing on top of his 
like the Markiplier brand is like every day there's a different video and it might be, you know, he played a four hour session with other creators and then chopped it up and scheduled it. But just smart content that like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And it's consistent. Probably it's probably really consistent. Yeah. There's a consistent quality and presentation and, and it's, you know, come from trial and error and trying different things. And, and, but then this past year, go like starting last fall, him and another creator made a channel called Unis Anis, which was just one year, I guess, in Latin or something. And, oh, nice. and the goal of it was, again, a video every day from two people who were used to making content that's produced every day or yeah, making and releasing and that whole grind. So it was extra work on top of it. And there was no set plan for any of the content other than like different ideas, trying stuff. Sometimes it ended up being like two or three videos, but they made this thing. And then at the end of 365 days of doing it, they were, they did a live stream where they, you know, like, oh, we're going to talk to all these people we met along the journey of these random, because some of them were like, we learned how, what a funeral home is like, because the Unis Anis theme of the channel was it was going to be deleted after a year. Okay. And you're talking about like, each video gets got between like three and five million views, which is X amount of ad dollars on top of the merch drops. Like they're making a bank. Yeah. And they, they were like, nope, the theme of this channel is it's going to be deleted. And then I remember watching the stream the, the last day and it was this well, cool thing. Like created interest because it's like, it's not going to be there forever. Right. Yeah. But it was so cool to see like, you know, I, I wasn't like in the community of like people commenting and all the stuff, but it was interesting being like, wow, in a year, like, here's all the people they met and all the skills they learned and how they improved themselves and how they, you know, they, they elevated what they thought they could do as creative types. And it's spilling over into the stuff they make on their individual platforms. And, you know, it's, they didn't think they'd have to navigate COVID. (laughs) So there's like an added thing of like, how do we make content every day? That's interesting when we can't be in the same space. (laughs) So I, I see, you know, you see it so often of like, like I just saw a dude, I knew he was going to blow up, blow up. Cause he made a funny musician video that it makes sense to a broader audience. It was just yeah. like a video like church. Yeah. It was like church, uh, like different types of church drummers. And he, you know, he's talking about the gospel like oh there's the choppers there's the old school guy just laying back in the groove there's the young kid who kind of knows a couple beats there's the and all he did was cell phone but have never been able to put your finger on yeah and all he did was like he picked recordings that he knew from videos that he knew people would reference like understand too in that community yeah. And the presentation was, it, he didn't play drums. He just played along with the recording, simple costumes, Zoom background of a church. <laughs> and oh, yeah. it, right he's built, you know, an audience, got a couple million views on that video. And a couple million views. Just, you know, toss it. So I, when you spend enough time seeing, like, I just aimed a, f- a camera and I just figured it out, like, 
that's kind of what motivated me to start Patreon and start thinking about that type of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I love it, dude. It's honestly been really inspiring to me too. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you invited me to be a part of it. Yeah. That's um, thank you. Yeah, this is, this is great. And I, you know, definitely want to, you know, have a conversation when things are more bright and sunny and cheery and (laughs) And we're vaccinated, vaccinated and we're just jumping all over each other and in in shows. (laughs) I am going to stand so close to everybody. So uncomfortably close. Yeah. Just like, but I, I lost all my social skills here. I yeah. Am. Lost all my socials. Please, please remind me how to be in socials. Social I'm just environment. awkward and weird forever. Yep. Hello. <laughs> I'm 24. My frontal lobe is developed. I'm not going to change at all. This is the way that I am now. <laughs> but yeah. So you, uh, I guess, where can people find your photography stuff? Your single, well, I guess yeah. when it comes out and all that good stuff. So I guess my my little elevator pitch is I am working on a lot of stuff right now. I'm working on my portfolio. I'm updating my websites. I'm really getting a little bit more serious about photography, which is something I never thought I would do. It was always just kind of this silly little thing I did to supplement fun or be able to just do my own photos, which has been huge. Um, but I, you can follow me at Lojajo on pretty much everything. That's always been my handle since high school. LaurenJohnsonMusic.com. That's L-O-R-E-N. You can buy my music there. And then my single patterns will be released in early January everywhere. So Awesome. And anyone who's watching either now or after the fact, you and you dig what you hear, you can always go to uh, www.patreon.com slash Snedeker and throw some support um, you'll get early access to these types of streams where you can join in on the conversation and early access to the finished product for you to listen to um, before it hits out on all the platforms you normally listen to podcasts to and um, duchessnedeker.com has everything else <laughs> if you want to find me in other spaces but yeah, thanks again, Lauren, for you so much, Dutcher. It was just, so good to see you, and this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, but we'll see all you folks next time on 